You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi folks, and welcome to Let's Talk Apple episode 105, the show for May 2022. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts, and joining me today is a panel that is giant on coolness and tiny on number. It's me and Alison, basically. So, hello. I always say I'm, I might not always be right, but at least I'm always entertaining, right? <laughs> well, the, and interesting, which is like the ultimate mix for, for a panelist, so, you know. You're you're fun to talk to, you're entertaining, and you say cool stuff. What more can I ask? At least I'm loud. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny on an audio podcast. That's quite helpful. Yeah, it actually does come in handy. I just remember I tried out for the uh, school musical where you have to sing and dance, and I tripped on the stage, getting up on the the stage. That was a good sign. And then when I, after I sang, the musical director said, my, you project well. Yes, you can you tell can. his mother told him, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, I'm used to hearing people be told to project more. My you project well. That is such a wonderful backhanded compliment. Anyway, we have a month's worth of Apple news to digest together. So let us start with some follow-ups on some stuff from previous shows. Uh, specifically, the suffering of the studio display came up for uh, some more love this month with Apple releasing firmware 15.5, which is supposed to make the webcam less bad. And I believe you might own one. Well, you might live with someone who owns one. Exactly. Uh, well, it was Steve's, what was it, his birthday present, I think. Uh, yeah, it's real interesting. Less bad is a good way to describe it. And I, Steve did an experiment where he tried, uh, he he took four different photos. He took a photo just all in the same lighting. It was a darkened room, but with a, a little light panel on him. And he took four different photos. The first one was the studio display before the firmware update. The second was after the firmware update. Then he took one with the Logitech C920, which is, how old are those things, Bart? Four or five years old by now? Well, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know how long they keep making them. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember which Logitech I bought during the pandemic that was the, the Logitech one everyone wanted. I, I probably the C920, but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great little camera. There's nothing wrong with it, but he took it with that. And then he took it with the much maligned LG 5K ultra fine displays built in camera. And to be honest, I don't even remember that it had a camera in it. I, I used to use it. This thing's at least five years old. Yeah. And you and I were debating uh, the, the, the studio display before and after did not make the top four, did it? Well, it made the top four. There were only four, but... <laughs> <laughs> did not make the top three for me. Or no, it made the top three. So the before was definitely the worst of the four pictures, right? The the, the studio display right. before is a hands down loser, right? But the studio display after is probably third. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's not as uh, as noisy as the uh, LG five K. But the LG 5K has uh, is is better definition. I think you know it's kind of a trade off. Like you want to run a noise filter on the LG 5K, yeah. and you'd lose the the precise edges. Uh, the Logitech C920 has less noise, but it's kind of uh, got a purplish hue to it, and his skin is not that color. <laughs> so uh, yeah, less bad. Yay, Apple! That's amazing. You made it less tucky. 
Yeah, and given that it's the same camera that's in the iPad Pro, which does much better, I think they have more work to do. I think they need to go off and have a third go at making their webcam. I think so. But at least we know they know how to improve it. True, true, as long as they can keep the momentum in the right direction. Um, We learned some months ago that Apple were going to enable uh, iPhone to iPhone contactless payment, so no more of those little square terminal jobbies you could just touch phone to phone. Uh, which would be very nice for vendors. Uh, that is now becoming a reality. You can use it inside Apple's stores today. And that mm. wasn't actually posted today. And Square also announced that they are starting an early access program, which vendors can apply for from today, as it happens. So I'm I'm still a little confused on this one, Bart, because I can, I can pay with Apple Pay with my watch, have been mm-hmm. for a long time. Is this like doing that except with the phone instead? Only, right, so that's to a terminal. So now imagine you could make your iPhone be the terminal. Okay, so they have to use iPhones instead of iPod. Oh, they have to do a BART because they used to use iPod Touches. (laughs) Good point. We get to that later. Maybe. No, no, they used to have to buy a little thing. You used to have to buy a little thing from Square to stick into the bottom of your phone, and then you could use your phone if you were in a farmer's market or something. But the phone could be the customer, not the receiver. Got you, got you. So okay. Peer to peer. Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Which is a big deal for, for particularly small businesses. Um, uh, we, on your show, this is going to get very confusing because I talked to you on your show and now we're going to talk about the same news here. And I'm going to assume I've told you this already, but I haven't told the audience this already. The non-controversial bits of Apple's uh, child protection features for iMessage have expanded beyond the United States. They are now live in the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia and New Zealand. So it would appear that the British Empire is getting to protect its children first. That seems to be the common element there. And English-speaking countries, I guess that might also have something to do with it. Um, the long-running story of the, I can say of the century, because we're only, what, actually, don't we're 22 years in, I can't say the century, of the decade, I can say of the decade. <laughs> um, Apple continues to come under regulatory pressure. So just this month, in chronological order, we have first the Australians. Uh, they released a report which basically said, oh, this is terrible. We're going to have to do some regulating here. In India, a non-profit released a report calling on the government to start regulating straight away, please. Uh, The EU um, are looking to put some more detail on the uh, Digital Markets Act, and it now appears they want to force the gatekeepers to open up access to the hardware as well as the software, so to make stuff like the NFC chip in iPhones more accessible to third parties. So we shall. that's all still a bit fuzzy, um, but we shall see how that continues. In the United States, we have another bill making its way through the Senate in this case. Uh, it would force app stores to ban apps that use China's digital yuan as a currency. Why? So- China hating? I don't know. It's an odd one, but it's like, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, of all the rules we could impose, there's one. We should do. I that. mean, I, I would understand the ruble, but <laughs> darn tootin', yeah. And I mean, I know we're not huge fans of of China, but it seems odd. odd. Is it because it's a cryptocurrency? Well, that's what I'm wondering whether there's something funny about it. Yeah, it's anyway. It's it's odd. And then in definitely related news, um, Apple have uh, said that developers are soon going to be able to have their automatic renewals continue to update if you increase the price, as long as you only increase the price a little. So it used to be the case that if you touch the price at all, then all of your subscribed customers would have to resubscribe. 
Whereas now Apple have basically put a buffer on it to say if your price increases within this window, then you can actually jack it. Jack is the wrong word. You can follow inflation and, you know, go up a little bit. Um, and the user will be notified. Uh, it's not like okay, it'll happen Okay, that's secret. the key. That's the key. As long as the user's notified. Yeah, so it's opt-out instead of opt-in, effectively. So you know the way Apple send you an email saying there's a renewal about to come? Yeah. Well, that email will say there's a renewal about to come and it'll be a little bit more. But if you jack So it'll be up, like the AT&T email I got today that said, hey, we're raising your bill 12 bucks a month. Ah! Ooh, I got a very different email from my provider. Thanks to the European Union, uh, I, my roaming charges have gone down for all of that traveling I'm not doing. <laughs> But anyway, uh, and then Apple have also been on the PR buzz. Um, they released some press releases highlighting how uh, the App Store is a big success for small businesses and entrepreneurs. And also how we saved 1.5 billion in fraudulent transactions because the App Store rocks. And yeah, 1.6 million risky apps have been protected from by our fraud prevention analysis, which spotted them and blocked the app. Okay, cool. That's good. Yeah, yeah, no one's going to argue, right? Oh, that's terrible. How dare you? The problem is, this is the, I think we talked on uh, one of the shows we're on together about uh, how what you really want to know is you, you blocked 1.5 billion in, in fraudulent transactions. How many total were there? Well, of course, you don't know how many total there were, because if they had found more, they would have stopped those. <laughs> so this could be all of it, or this could be 5% of it. Nobody knows. Yeah. But it is still $1.5 billion. It's, yeah, it's better than not blocking them. That's a lot of sucky people. Jeez. We talked about a year ago about Apple uh, having a program where they were going to work with local charities to try to rehome the people who had started a homeless encampment on some land Apple bought in San Jose that they want to build some stuff on. That program is coming to an end. That was a one-year program. And unfortunately, it's best described as mixed they have managed to house eight of the 35 people. Uh, and it's not really oh. clear that they're going to finish the job. The, the reporting sort mm. of says, and this program's about to end, and then the reporting ends, and I have not heard any more news. I haven't heard a big press release from Apple saying we'll extend it or anything. It just sort of seems that this is... So I think Apple thought this was easy. And I think it turns out that finding homes for people in California isn't. In fact, easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, unless they were going to put them on a truck and take them to Montana or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know what they tried the to do, but ten- well, no. they they put them up in a motel to start with, and then tried to get them permanent housing. So basically, the hotel was a stopgap, and the idea was that by the end of the year, they would be out of the motel and in some sort of path to permanence, and that has only worked for eight of the families. So. Wow. It's in the article says 6,700 people live without homes in San Jose alone. Yeah. It sort of puts it in context, I guess. Yeah. It's up 11% from 2019. Holy cow. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like Apple are, you know, it's not like they're being like that. Oh, how could they not? It's like, oh, wow. Even when you throw resources at it, it doesn't quite work out. So I'm not happy to report on this, but I just sort of feel that we we said nice things a year ago and it's, well, here's what's happened. It didn't work out. Yeah. (laughs) We also talked last month about how weird it was that Apple was going to stop accepting um, credit or debit cards for recurring payments. Well, 
we were sort of wondering, is this some sort of temporary thing? What's going on? Well, some clarity has emerged. India has changed its banking regulations, and this is the new normal. You cannot have recurring payments on debit or credit cards. So they're gone. So you now have to load your Apple ID with credit if you would like your stuff not to end. How interesting. So everything is basically huh. pay as you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so anyway, that's that's what they're doing. That seems like that would be a poor user experience from, you know, you're going along, you're using an app, and then one day it's not available to you, you know, yeah. if, it's a, if it's a recurring payment. So I think the, the idea is that this way it's impossible for companies to trick Indian consumers into recurring bills they don't want because there's no such thing yeah. as recurring bills. But it does seem like, okay, so now it's your problem, and you can't opt to have it not be your problem, unless you can somehow do... I don't know, can you use Automator or something to automatically top them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. The nerds will figure out a way. I but I, I guess if if everything in the country is that way, you'd just be used to it. So maybe it'd be fine. I mean, you pick a day a week where you just go on some money here and some money there and some money there. And, you know, if we were all a little more conscious of what we were paying for, yeah. we'd probably have more of it. That is, that, that is a fair point. And then the last thing we talked about as one of our main stories, in fact, last month was uh, the open letter from the creatives to Apple saying, please make Final Cut Pro better. And much to my surprise, and I think to most of the world's surprise, Apple answered with, yes, we hear you and we shall. Which is like, oh, I didn't think you were going to answer at all, let alone that you're going to set up forums for to take community feedback and that you're going to actively work on this. So good, I guess. It is interesting that people are really annoyed about Final Cut Pro, an app that started out at uh, $200. What is it, like a, eight years ago, something like that? And it is that same $200. You haven't paid them a dime yeah. since then. And it's got a lot more features. And another 100 bucks for compressor and motion for $300. It's just been getting better and better. I, I understand they want it to be more. And if they push them, that's great. Yeah. So I, to be honest, I'm more surprised that they got an answer. That's kind of why it's in the show notes. It's like, oh, wow, <laughs> that actually works sometimes. Uh, a brief visit into legal latest. Uh, Optus have been suing Apple over 4G patents uh, in Texas. Shock and or horror, the Eastern District, wouldn't you know? Um, they first lost the case and they were fined $500 million. Uh, but Apple appealed because someone forgot to tell the jury that the patents are actually covered by Fran. So they were supposed to be licensed to Apple for a fair and reasonable price. And Apple argued quite strongly that it was not. Uh, so it went back to a second trial. But the jury in the second trial were only allowed to recalculate the damages. They weren't allowed to actually redo whether or not Apple were guilty. The only question was how much do they owe? So that became 300 million. And Apple appealed again. And Apple have now been told, no, you can't have another appeal from this court. So that is a district court, which means that there is a circuit court and the Supreme Court above that. So hypothetically, Apple could appeal, but they would have to find some sort of a ground. So there's no guarantee the court would take their appeal. So this may or may not be the end of this story. For most companies, 300 million would be a very big deal. For Apple, I guess not, but still. I find it, it might be the gift that keeps on giving. Well, actually, now that they're doing 5G, maybe they don't care about the 4G patents. I don't know. They still have to do 4G, though, right? Yeah, they're going to keep supporting that for a while. Fall over. Yeah. 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 The world is a long way from being rid of its 4G and, you know, cell networks. Uh, meanwhile, in California, a judge threw out a class action suit that alleged that Apple's iCloud pricing was deceptive. Because you can't fit everything into five gigs, so that's deceptive pricing. 
yeah, the judge was like, I don't, but nope. <laughs> Your case is nonsense. Goodbye. So that, that was nice. Okay, good. Uh, some HR and acquisition news. And normally this section of the show is give and take. You know, there's stories on both sides, but it hasn't been a particularly give and takey sort of month. Um, we have JP Richards, the head of Apple TV film, sorry, the head of Apple TV plus film marketing has resigned and there is no sign of a successor and uh, we don't know where he's gone. So basically he left and we don't know why or to where. Uh, Meanwhile, C.J. Moore, the director of Apple's much maligned car project, has left after a whopping six months. But we do know where he's going. He is off to a uh, company called Luminar who do LiDAR for um, automatic uh, autonomous vehicles. So interesting. So is there anybody left at Apple's car project? I mean, did he turn the lights off? Well, depending on which rumors you read, uh, some people describe the project as disbanded. Yeah. So it, That's what I thought I'd been hearing. Yeah, so it's not looking good over there. We don't know what's happening, of course, but yeah, not looking good. Uh, and some highlights from Apple's many services and original content uh, stuff. We have a new feature called Audio Hints in Fitness Plus. I'll be honest, I'm not a Fitness Plus user, so I'm not sure how big a deal that is, but it you know, says things in your ear to help you go along. It's a bit of an accessibility just, feature, yeah. actually. Oh, okay. So it's not, you know, come on, hustle up, you lazy sod, your heart rate's too, too low. <laughs> no, I think it's more to, to help people with vision issues be able to understand the instructions they're getting on Fitness Plus, I think. Oh, it's that's sort of interesting. My of it. If I hadn't busted my knee, I could have tested this for you. So when I get back to uh, workout strength, I will definitely give that a shot and hit, see what it is. Workouts for, do they have workouts for people after pregnancy and stuff? Do they have workouts for people recovering from an injury? Gentle I don't know. I should check. Lindsay was giving me a hard time. She said, you could go find the old lady workouts, you know. <laughs> they have quite a range, of, in fairness to them, which is nice. Yeah, they really do. They, I, I've been I've been really happy. They've got, uh, uh, you know, they've got an older woman who does a lot of yoga stretching kind of stuff. And then the, there's, uh, there's women teachers and I think male teachers, too, who are maybe perhaps not God's gift to physical fitness and looks. Uh, and, and I think that can help you go, okay, well, I could do that one. You know, she looks like me, I could do that. And and that's pretty good. I follow a woman named, uh, Sam Sanchez, who literally eight months pregnant was doing, uh, military pushups <laughs> and I'm trying to keep up with her and I can't. <laughs> oh, good honor. I am 64. So I'll, I'll, I'll use the old lady card. <laughs> Uh, and Mexicans get to have ECG on their Apple Watch, so the appropriate paperwork has gone through there so that that feature can be turned on, which is nice. Oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, Apple Podcasts has had some small tweaks. To be honest, it's mainly from the point of view of the podcaster rather than the podcast listener. There is some controls over how you get downloads and stuff as a podcast listener, but it's more about uh, the podcast host being able to use third-party providers to host the audio and stuff, which actually wasn't possible in Apple's implementation of the uh, paid podcast stuff. You had to host your audio with Apple, and now they they have the ability to have a third party hosting, which is I think going to make some people happy because it gives you more control and more logs and stuff if it's your media coming from your servers instead of you know Apple saying upload the AIF file here. I think they even wanted a WAV if memory serves, which is even weird. Yeah, yeah, that was very strange. Yeah, so it's getting a little more normal. In terms of Apple Music, uh, Audi is adding Apple Music. So not CarPlay, Apple Music 
into, quote, nearly all of its new vehicles. So in other words, it'll be an Audi interface, but with Apple Music as an app in Audi's interface, instead of Audi huh. handing over the display to Apple, which is interesting. Mm, okay. So that just means the the marketing people from Apple Music, sales people from Apple Music are doing a better job than the CarPlay people. And that Apple doesn't stop one, like uh, there's a lot of companies where that kind of thing wouldn't be tolerated. And it would, like it would just be basically said, well, no, we insist you get CarPlay and we're not going to do, you know, the Apple Music people would be stopped in a lot of companies. But Apple seemed to be perfectly happy to say, oh, fine, we'll take your music subscriptions. <laughs> I mean, they're on Android even, right? So the, the Apple Music people are not precious. Um, right, right. And similarly, uh, they are being offered, they are now available as a built-in audio player inside the Waze app, which is also probably good. That's, that's so weird. <laughs> Waze has Apple Music inside it. Waze maps and directions. Why would Why would a maps program have music inside it? Because people tend to have it open as the frontmost app in their car, so it has a built-in audio player. Okay. And now Apple Music is a source in that built-in audio player in your map app. Like some people, I know this is weird to you, Alison, but some people like to drive while listening to music. No, but I mean, I just, you know, convert that to it's a podcast player having overcast inside ways. It just doesn't make any sense to me because you'd have to go into the to the podcast interface in order to choose the podcast or are you somehow drilling deeper and deeper and deeper into menus within ways? Well, I would imagine it, it would put up odd. a media player within the Waze interface. So you'd have your maps and then you'd have your media buttons all on the one screen would be my understanding. Like, why else would you integrate them? It's like I have it in workout apps, right? My uh, my workout app from Under Armour has, uh, I don't use it, but it has audio. It has the ability to do music straight in the workout app so that I can have play pause buttons on my map while I'm out cycling or whatever. Huh. Actually, it is useful yeah, I if I were to listen to music. I'm I mean, I guess uh, when, I, when I'm looking at my Tesla screen, I've got navigation up. So I've got maps. And then across the bottom, it shows me the play pause and the artwork, album artwork for the podcast I'm listening to. Or if someone were to push a music button, it would be in there. But uh, Right. So now huh. imagine that you have a dumb car and that your phone is in a little holder on your windscreen and your phone is doing mm -hmm. the job of the entire Tesla screen. And now you understand why people would want it because they want Waze as their only app because they can only have one thing on their phone. Well, why wouldn't the Waze app just have controls for whatever audio is coming out of the phone? Why would it need to be a then specific you app? Your, then you couldn't do things like, uh, you know, skip to another track or change a playlist or... And would it be able to give you the album art and stuff? I mean, I don't know if the do API... You want album be... art if you're looking at a map? You want the little icon and stuff. Even the Tesla does that. It puts up the little icon of what music it is. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's on a on a 15-inch display, not a 6-inch phone screen. Some people are stupidly big. There phones. must be some reason for this. Please send emails to... Yeah, Alison at podfeet.com because I don't want them. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't want to know about music. All right. Um, also, now I'm as I, I don't understand this any better than you do. So this is the blind leading the blind. But Apple Music have done a whole big thingy with K-pop sensation BTS, um, and they're launching a giant, a giant big new album. So they did a radio show, and it was the best ever radio show on Apple Music. And they've never given us any numbers before, and they've given us wait, no wait. numbers now. So a number we don't know is bigger than another number we don't know. Let me make one uh, correction. It's not Apple Music. It's Apple Music One, which I had to look up. It's formerly known as Beats One, which is one of the three Apple 24-hour streaming music channels. Inside Apple Music. Inside Apple Music. <laughs> it's 
it's one of the things, if you're turning on Apple Music, one of the things you can do, if you don't know what you want to listen to, if you're just like, I don't want to make decisions, you can just turn Apple Music 1 on and it's basically a radio station. Okay. Then someone else chooses what you listen to and assuming your taste lines up with pop. And that's where they did this K-pop thing. Yeah. With BTS. Okay. To me, BTS is Blade Tech Services, my brother's company. (laughs) If you have wind turbines and you have blades that need servicing and you're in Ireland, so that's probably no one listening now. But if you do, BTS do a great job on servicing blades. Anyway. I'm over here thinking K-pop is a serial, so we're really good on this one. (laughs) I believe it's Korean pop music and I think it might involve lip syncing, but maybe I'm wrong about that and getting shouted at very loudly now. Okay, we have we alienated everybody in the audience now? Getting close. Okay, we um, can move on. Okay, I've just realized I've done a bad job of grouping my stories because Fitness Plus is in here again. Uh, meditation to strengthen relationships is now a thing you can do inside Apple Fitness Plus, which I don't know. But anyway, it's a thing they're doing. Uh, maps are getting, basically Japan is getting serious map love this month. Uh, Tokyo is getting AOR direction, so you can see stuff over real Tokyo. Uh, and the rest of Japan is getting cycle directions, look around, uh, which is also, well, look around in particular is very useful, actually. Um, and I do now understand why you need cycle directions, because I tried to cycle with walking directions. Didn't work. Terrible idea. <laughs> Terrible idea. Uh, i trying to remember, do we do we have AR directions? I don't, AR no, I don't in Ireland, but that doesn't mean very much. I'm trying to remember. I feel like there was something that I went outside and I, yeah, I think I think we do. I remember once going outside and all of a sudden it showed me the name of the street that I was walking on. Hovering like, over the street? Uh, hovering over the map or over the, yeah, over the screen. I don't remember how I did it. Apparently it's super critical to me. Yes, vitally important. Well, though, in fairness, if we had some sort of glasses, it would become useful all of a sudden. And meanwhile, Apple TV Plus are having a lot of fun with dinosaurs, which is completely ironic because before we recorded the show, you sent me a very fun video of people having fun with Apple's dinosaurs. Uh, but in Wales... Apple got very creative and they made giant big fake dinosaur footprints on a popular beach. And when you stood on top of a cliff, it read uh, whatever the name of the show is, Prehistoric Planet. And then you could see the footprints leading into the ocean. Um, Oh, that's adorable. It is adorable. And they're bloody big because one of the photographs shows a dog sniffing the edge of the footprint. And the footprint is a lot bigger than the dog. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I see it. Oh, that is that is. I don't know how they did that, but that took some doing. And it was all done overnight. And it was there waiting for people in the morning when they went to walk their dog. So that was kind of cool. That is awesome. And uh, if you are in Google TV owner, the app for the iPhone for Google TV has been updated so that you can now use your iPhone to better control your little Google dongle plugged into your television. So that might be useful to some. Right. That takes us on to our main stories. We have four main stories and I have I had the most amazing sense of deja vu while writing these show notes because basically this month is just last month take two with the exception that we have one final story that is not a take two. The, I, the iPod is finally dead. But that's finally the wrong word. The iPad is dead, and we shall talk about that. But really, first story is more COVID chaos. Second story is Apple employees are still cranky. And uh, actually, the third one is also new. Uh, Apple released a preview of some of their accessibility features that are on the horizon. And then we have farewell to the iPod. So there are four stories. So let us get stuck into the first one, which is that uh, COVID is really making a resurgence in my show notes. It was many, many months where I wasn't mentioning that word and it's been back the last two. So there's direct impact on Apple in the sense that Apple have now delayed their um, 
they've paused their return to work plan. So they were initially it was like you have to be in one day a week for so long and then two days a week for so long and then three days a week for so long. And the three days per week is now on pause. They're not going that far because COVID numbers are back up in California. Uh, Apple is making their employees wear masks again. Wait, wait, wait. Go back, go back. I want to uh, jump in on this one. Uh, so not about uh, well, COVID. Well, do you want to hold uh, that until our second story with cranky employees? Because I actually no? have a place where I was hoping to slot you in on that. Because uh, okay. what if Apple's senior people sought it off because he was being made go into the office too often? Okay, it's separated from this. Okay. So, because to me, that's not quite COVID, right? That's, it's not unrelated. I did hum and haw where to put that, where to put that story. But I think cranky workers, I'm going to keep as a story number two. Um, so for now, the big COVID thing is that workers are, Apple have paused. They've also made their store people wear masks again, but not the customers. Uh, and people who are attending in person Worldwide Developer Conference are having to do more COVID stuff, testing and so forth. But I think selfishly, as someone who wants to buy new Apple stuff, I think the biggest impact is that China's imperfect handling of the pandemic in recent times has buggered up the old supply chain. So a major iPhone supplier cuts production because of COVID lockdowns. MacBook Pro manufacturer Quanta faces revolt from workers who are getting tired of lockdowns. Apple dealing with huge, in all caps, Mac delays, according to iMore. I believe the Mac Studio I haven't been able to order yet will not arrive until God knows when, when I finally get to order it, because apparently Mm. they're very backed up, you were saying. Yeah. Uh, And thanks to supply chain control. Now, this is interesting. So a spin on this, according to IDC, Guessing the Future, which is always, uh, I'm always a little wary of these things, but IDC think that because Apple are really good at the supply chain thing, they'll be less badly off than everyone else because their shipments are going to go down by only 3.5% and everyone else is going to go down worse. So, Hmm. okay. Uh, And probably deeply unsurprising, Apple is looking to expand manufacturing outside of China and simultaneously they are moving iPad production to uh, Vietnam and uh, Tim Cook got a visit. Uh, The Prime Minister of Vietnam popped into Apple's spaceship to say hi to Tim. So that, the the title of that article is is pretty misleading. Apple to move iPad production out of China for the first time ever. That is not an untrue statement, but it is okay. a tiny little bit of iPad uh, manufacturing is going to be in India. It is the first time ever, and they are moving the production from China to Vietnam. But it is not. They have left China to make iPads. They're, and they're making them all in, in Vietnam. It is a tiny little bit. It's a first step, and that's probably a good thing. Diversification yeah, of, of resources, of sources. But it's also something a lot of people don't realize is that the skill to do the assembly they do in China is actually very great, which is why, you know, when you hear politicians say things like, well, we should force Apple to move all the production back to America. It's like, you literally couldn't do that because... Oh, yeah. You know, right, we, right. we look at, oh, they're, you know, they're low paid workers who are working in a factory run by really, really, really skilled engineers who have put like an amazing thing in place to make those factories go. And those skills. Well, and the really training and the tooling and everything, we just don't have it. Yeah. And now an interesting thing, when we went to India, um, we were talking to our guide about about uh, outsourcing of work and stuff. And this is back when the subject would be more about call centers. Mm. And he told us something interesting. He said, because all the call centers moved to India, 
the standard of living went way up. And all of a sudden, the companies couldn't afford to pay Indian workers to do that work. So the call center work was leaving India. So they as a result. the outsourcing? Yeah, yeah. It, well, I mean, it, it, they stopped being sending nearly as much work to India because the cost, because the you know cost of living and everything. You know, it was a good thing, right. but it was an interesting effect. So now, seeing the uh, the assembly line work getting to to uh, India will be real interesting to see. It could be a, a real boon for the country, but it might also level off again. Yeah, and there's a, quite a few other countries like Vietnam was quite keen to get a lot of that work. Um, so it, it will be interesting, and I think. To some extent, it's not having all of your eggs in one basket is at the very least one of Apple's big considerations. Because I'm not sure they're trying to save money so much as avoid single points of failure. Oh, right, right. Absolutely. But certainly it's a, it's definitely, Apple are definitely putting the effort in. But like you say, this is not like, the, Tim Cook doesn't wake up one morning and say, I shall now move out of China. Like He can say that as a goal, but he will be working on that goal for quite some time. Right. I think this will be a story that runs for a while. Um, is is there anything else you you want to add to the? I mean, it doesn't make me happy to talk COVID. So no, no. no, no Grant, no. great. Let's move on then. <laughs> oh yay, <laughs> cranky workers. This is great. So I I sort of we already sort of half mentioned. So Ian Goodfellow was um, the head of Apple or the director. That's I believe directors are more important than heads. If my understanding of these things is correct, you you might. Be better at the jargon than me. Certainly in Ireland, a director outranks a head. It all depends on terminology. You know, I I, I liked meeting people at uh, conferences who would say, well, I'm the vice president of engineering. And I say, how many people in your company? Six. (laughs) (laughs) I I ran an organization of 170 people, uh, sysadmins, and and I was considered a uh, middle manager at best. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and, and in the real world, that's considered a reasonably big company. But when you're in a, a 60, 80,000 person company, you're nobody at 170 people. So, I only yeah. managed a $50 million year budget. I, I was nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I know that in the Irish public sector, heads heads are below directors because directors have budgets and heads don't. Ah, heads it it people, all depends. Directors have money. It but all yeah, depends. Yeah. Anyway. In case it matters in Apple, Ian Goodfellow was a director of machine learning and uh, he came from Google, which is a pretty big deal. And he is sodding off and he's not being shy about it. He's leaving because he does not feel it's appropriate for him and his stage of life, etc. to be forced back into the office three days a week. So he's packing <laughs> up his things and going home. Oh, you've muted yourself by mistake, Alison. There you go. Uh, sorry, not by mistake. I was coughing. Um, the uh, I think he also was saying it wasn't right for his workforce. And this is where I wanted to chime in. I can basically have this argument from any side you want. I can take all perspectives on this one. And the reason I wanted to talk about the going to work three days a week, I am just just in awe of how wonderful it must be to not spend hours a day commuting to work. I mean, the idea of having life back is fantastic. And I, so I'm a huge supporter. I think the idea of being able to work from home is just wonderful. I just, it's just fantastic. And when I ran an organization of 170 people, this, this big thing I learned actually from a boss of mine was that your, um, your promotion ability 
was the <laughs> inverse square of your distance from your boss's office. So I would find that I would step to the office next door where two gentlemen that uh, were, you know, kind of medium kind of guys. I would go ask their advice because they were two steps away from my door when the smartest guy was maybe five steps, five doors down. And the people who were down on the South Campus and I was on the North Campus, they were an entire mile and a half away. Oh, man, I never called those guys. Why would I call those people? You know, because I could walk down the hall and talk to somebody and forget the people up in Santa Barbara. They were two hours away. They were that was just a mess. And, and so I started looking at that and I, I actually uh, planned my days where a, a half a day, every Tuesday afternoon, I would drive down to the South campus and I'd sit in a cubicle, just sit where those people were so that I would go talk to them so that I would have interactions. Just bring your them. laptop and do your normal work from there. Yeah. And, and it was amazing what I learned in those half days I got to, because people would co- come in and say, Hey, Allison, you know, I wanted to tell you something, or I could just walk around and go say, what are you doing? you know, and, and learn what was happening in that campus and find out, you know what, we're all smart people work down there too. So in Santa Barbara, man, it was even harder. So I would, uh, once a quarter, I would go up. I discovered at one point I hadn't been to see him in a year Ooh. and I would have sworn I'd been there two months earlier. Uh, so I ended up going uh, and and setting it up where every three months I would go up and I would hang out with him and it was fantastic. But the, the reason I brought all this up was the the thing that I discovered that is probably obvious to everybody is working remotely works great. As long as everybody's remote, if anybody's not remote, it can really harm you to, to be one of the remote people. So uh, I had uh, to do uh, ranking stack and rack of employees in order. It was horrible, terrible thing for salaries and everything. And my rule was that the section heads who worked for me, all of them, None of them that were allowed to be in the room with me when we did it. They all had to be in separate offices. We could all be within a, you know, within walking distance of each other. But because the Santa Barbara person could not be in the room, I didn't let anybody be in the room with me. And so I'm adamant that this whole working from home thing works great as long as everybody's at home. But if if somebody's next to the boss, you are not going to do as well as the person who's next to the boss. It's going to be much, much harder for you, no matter how brilliant you are. There, that was my soapbox. Well, no, I think that's a very valid point. And I have I have some direct experience because I am now a three-day-a-week in the office person. So I'm three in, two mm-hmm. out. Uh, although, unlike Apple, we were given the choice of our days. So I have decided I am in Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So in, out, in, out, in. <laughs> um, which is interesting. But the effect it's had on the organization is that we have a rule that if one person is off campus, the meeting is virtual. There you go. There you go. That's so good. If, That's yeah. Good. So basically, everyone has a veto. If there is one attendee not in the office, the meeting is virtual. And it okay. stops exactly what you're describing, because that's what we were afraid of. We were afraid of what if the people who are at home on Tuesdays, what if there's, you know, more of us at home on Tuesday than the other day, what if those Tuesday people are being horribly ignored and left out? And so the rule is we go virtual as soon as there's one person not there. So if there's anybody who was... uh always remote the the thing they're going to lose is that chance running into the 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 boss in the office in the in the hallway and saying hey you know uh, i i wanted to run something by you or them saying to you i want to run something by you you become the contact that they they start relying on because they see you yes and that that's a tough problem and that's you know part of I, I can see Apple's point, and yet I'm 100% disagree with them at the very same time. Because working from home, rigid. gosh, that's fa- fabulous. 
I mean, and there's also, to, to me, I think it's important as an environmental issue here. We're trying to get to a stage where we're not destroying the planet we live on. And making there's people that too. sit in their cars five days a week, every week, isn't, it's too far the other way. Like, what I discovered during the pandemic was that zero out of five was corrosive to the team. It was mm. not good to never see each other because we forget right. that we're people. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The stupid things that make us cranky remain, but the endearing funny moments over coffee vanish. <laughs> and it really so starts to niggle away. Oh, right? yeah. Two years of it we did. And by the end yeah. of it, we were not a cohesive team anymore. And Interesting. as soon as we were back in the office, it was like, oh, you're not an a-hole. You're a really nice person. I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> because texting does not not always convey what you actually meant. It really doesn't. So the, the, the right answer is not zero. And the right answer is not five. And I'm prepared to have yeah. an argument with anyone in between uh, exactly where the line is. And I actually think it depends on the kind of person you are. Because some people thrive off that in-person stuff, right? It it. it charges their battery and for mm. other people it drains their battery but it's still useful right right and for some people being at home alone drains their battery but it's still useful because you do actually get a lot more focus work done so i think different people benefit from a different balance so i think being really rigid like apple specifying you must be three and it must be these exact three i i don't think that's a particularly good way to do it but i I, I see where Tim Cook's coming from, that it shouldn't be zero days in the office. Yeah, yeah. And he's also doing it in a place where every single person is commuting a horrific commute. I mean, yeah, every you, California. You, yeah, well, no, not just California, San Jose. I mean, it is horrible. Oh, it's like there. California it's, I mean, bus bus? Oh, yeah, it, it is. It is just terrible. And California isn't all one thing, as it turns out, surprisingly. Uh, it's the size of Ireland, so I guess that shouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Actually, isn't it bigger than Ireland? It probably is. We've done this before. Horrible feeling is three Irelands to one California, if memory serves. Yeah, something like that. But uh, but the congestion in in the Bay Area is is just absolutely horrific. So a lot you know a lot of people moved away too. If if people have opinions on what I'm saying, I know Bart doesn't want to get feedback. I do. Allison at podfeet.com. I really do want to know whether you think I'm all wet or whether you agree with it. I'd just be real curious what people think because it's a that's a dicey problem. I, I know one of the things that was hardest in my daughter's company was they hired a bunch of people in the middle of the pandemic. Those people had never had the hallway conversation. So they moved across the country and then sat in an apartment where they didn't know anybody in the neighborhood, couldn't meet anybody in the neighborhood, and had nobody to talk to at work. Well, it was just it's, it's funny, right? So we hired two sysadmins during the pandemic, and obviously we were forced for two years to be work at home and they arrived six months into the pandemic. So for a year and a half, they were my colleagues. And one of them happened to live three doors down because Maynooth is a small place. So I got to know one of them because he's my neighbour, not because he's my colleague. Um, But the other one I had never met until we came back into the office a month or two ago. I assumed he was my height. He's six foot something. Every time he stands oh. up from his cubicle, I still get a shock to this day. Because for a year and a half, I knew him as a normal height person on teams. And he's this big, tall guy. Well, you know what? I got to say, when I finally met you in person, the one time we've met, your height was a surprise to me as well. And same thing with Tom Merritt. Tom is tall. Surprisingly tall. I am <laughs> anyway, we are way off topic. but <laughs> We kind of are, but it's fun. Um 
Yeah, so it's yeah, sticky wicket there for Apple. Um, meanwhile, speaking of sticky wickets, the relationship between Apple's... Now, this is not Apple corporate. This is not the people in the spaceship. This is very specifically Apple's people in the stores, who I guess are at the coal face in many ways, right? I think of all of the jobs at Apple, particularly in the pandemic years, is retail got to be one of the most stressful? Or am I imagining that? What? what- no, I'm tilting my head because you used a phrase I don't know. Coal face? Uh, the, the oh, okay, that's interesting. It's an idiom. It means the the front line. The the. So if you're working in a mine, if you're at the coal face, you're at the bit that's the most work. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. Ah, okay, no, that's interesting. I must be a British idiom because they like digging dirty rock out of the ground. Um, okay, so I got stuck on the on the word and I missed the sentence because I was sitting there. What does coal have to do with apple? Well, I presume. That being a retail employee is like the most, the least appreciated, most difficult of the Apple employee jobs. Like if you're in the spaceship, I think you get a very different experience to being an employee in an Apple retail store. At least that's my impression True. looking at it from the outside. Don't forget those people we call and yell at on, on uh, Apple Care. That's true. But at least they don't have to look at you while you yell at them. And and don't don't forget that just because you're in an office and not exposed to uh, you know other kinds of humans doesn't mean you don't have a boss who's telling you that the uh, you know this phone has to be thinner or you know <laughs> schedules are impossible. Fish tanks to see how many bubbles come out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I don't know. Yeah, uh, well, I, I guess maybe maybe my impression is slightly skewed by the fact that I got very cranky in Apple when they started to to force bag searches. And to force it off the clock. So you may yeah, not leave yeah. this building until we've searched your bag and we shall not pay you for that time. And that made me so cranky. Uh, yeah, they point. lost that. They, they lost did. that yeah. one big time. And I was I was glad about that too. So it's I don't think it's a coincidence that all of these unionization efforts are in the retail stores. And the last time we spoke, there were three stores that filed petitions. And since then, it has not been a story of kumbaya, I think is is a fair statement of the facts. So I'm just going to read through the headlines in order, and then we can take it from there. So we have uh, the people at the Mac, no, sorry, the Mac Observer reported that a memo was leaked uh, with anti-union talking points that Apple was giving out to their store managers. So they were basically, Apple HR were prepping their store managers to talk against unions. Uh, on the other hand, we have former Apple employees helping unionization efforts. Um, we have, according to a court filing, uh, Apple interrogated staff, restricted flyer posting and held mandatory anti-union speeches. That is in a formal complaint to one of the labor relations boards. Uh, the Kentucky Apple store workers uh, have joined the list of Apple stores trying to unionize. Uh, we then had Deirdre O'Brien uh, putting out basically an anti-union video. Uh, and then in Atlanta, I thought I, I initially thought this was a, a story of like, oh, this is a bit resolved. Because the initial headline was, Labour Group withdraws union vote. And I thought, oh, someone's got around the table. No, they say that there's been so much um, interference in the process that they can't hold a free election. So they're not going ahead until their legal cases have been heard. So I was like, no, that's not a good news story after all. So that made me a bit cranky. Um, but in news that I don't believe can be unrelated, Apple are giving all of their employees a pay rise. So that hmm. if I was trying to convince people not to form a union, I think I might raise their pay. I don't know about you. It just seems like something that might happen. 
Let me correct something you said earlier. Uh, just, it's a nuance. Um, but when you said Apple interrogated staff, restricted flyer posting, held mandatory anti-union speeches, that is alleged. That is I, not. Yes, it's it's, it's a, the National Labor Relations Board, uh, a, 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 the Communication Workers of America did a filing with the Labor Relations Board and they're claiming that. Yeah, that that's just what I try to say by saying little nuance to complaints filed with the Labor Relations Board. So yeah, yeah. So not necessarily facts on that. Might be. Well, as a fact, it was filed. Be. Yeah, you know, I, I'm of so many minds about <laughs> unions. I can't argue nearly as articulately about this as I did with the uh, working out of the office because I have a lot of good experience with it, but. You know, I don't live in the part of the country where the United Auto Workers Union has has benefited workers in um, my own family that lives in Michigan. Um, but yeah. the experiences yeah, I've I had. I think of you as California, but of course, you, you go back to the the Midwest as well, right? To... Yeah, yeah. My uncle worked his entire career at General Motors. Uh, I, I tried to get him to give me chops for having finally bought an American car. Yeah. He said, it wasn't a GM. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I bought a, an American-made Tesla didn't count. Oh, like, oh, come on. 35 years of, of buying Hondas from Japan, and you're not even going to give me this one. But uh, yeah, you gave me crap for everything. But uh yeah, you know, this is the kind of thing where if they, Apple put as much energy into finding out why their workers are unhappy and trying to solve those issues, if they put as much money and time and energy into that, that would probably be time better spent. Um, but I've also been on the other side where unions didn't help. They made problems worse. So it swings and roundabouts, right? Because so I, 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 I want to double down and agree with you that to to me these unionization efforts are a symptom you don't right you don't go to the problem of trying to unionize if you're happy yep and my understanding of american culture is that it's much le- it's much less uniony than european culture so i have no idea actually bart i don't wouldn't know either way no, I mean, certain industries are absolutely uh, all very uniony and some are not i mean engineering companies tend not to be um, but manufacturing jobs tend to be oil, so, manu- oil refineries. Those are car yeah, places. So I guess in a lot of Europe, unions are just a thing in every workplace and they're sort of a part of the furniture. It's like mm. in a university, you would have a student's union and you would have faculty and that would be part of the normal ebb and flow of conversation. That would, that would be sort of the... You would expect to deal with problems by talking to the students' union. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's just part of the furniture. And in a lot of Europe, unions are like that. They're just one of the people at the table. So in Ireland, when the government have negotiations on things, it's completely normal to have... We have a union of unions, and they will just negotiate with the government at a national level in terms of national workers' rights things and stuff. So it's not even like a specific industry and it wouldn't even be about striking and stuff. It's just the government are trying to suss out how to make people happy and they will just talk to the unions as as a representative body. So I think it's a very different culture because I just, I just can't imagine it being quite like that in the States. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, on the one hand, uh, teachers are unionized in the in the United States, but most of the intellectual type work that I know of in my experience, and I could be completely sheltered here is not. 
So, like I said, the manufacturing part is, but the engineering side is was never unionized in a lot of companies. Um, one of the uh, one of the other aerospace companies near where I worked, um, I had a bunch of friends working there. They they unionized the engineers, and it turned out to be really bad for them, and they disbanded it. They lost they lost a lot of money when they did that. So I, I, I I'm just boy. I can go every direction on this one. Well, I kind of can too, because in my experience, it's like a pendulum. So there have been times when unions have been badly needed because workers were getting a really rough deal. Yeah. And then you get things like The weekend, which literally didn't come into being without unions. And 40-hour work week and those kind of things. And child then labor, unions, those kind of things. Oh, child labor. Jeez, how could I forget about things? <laughs> Minor yeah. things like that. Worker safety, not poisoning you with horrible chemicals. Uh, if you ever want to be horrified. Little, little things like that. A lossy jaw in match factories, which basically you would, your teeth would fall out and your gum, your jaw would fall apart Ugh. because you were making matches. Yeah, it was horrific. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear about that. No, trust <laughs> me. And then the pendulum swings the other way and the unions have so much power that they can ask for anything they want. And so the example I always give non-Europeans is in Belgium, workers get paid for 13 months of work every year. Their Christmas mm. paycheck is double. They get paid for a pretend month. They don't work for that pretend month. They get paid for a month that doesn't exist. And that's making... All the, unions? Uh, no, just... No, no. It's it, The unions are so powerful, it's the country. All workers? Yeah. Now, I think that may have been pared back a bit because my information is about 10 years old since I last looked into this, but it made a lot of employers quite cranky. It's like, I'm paying you for a whole month of work you didn't do? Yeah. Well, so so take, take a piece of information like that and look at, from Apple's perspective, wouldn't you do everything to not have unionized uh, workers? I mean, does it ever work out as, boy, that made our lives a lot easier to have the workers unionized than now we just work with one voice and we can negotiate and it just always works out great. Well, you see, the thing is, there is an example of exactly that, which is the German system where the unions are literally shareholders in the company. And it is literally a cooperative between management and unions. And all decisions day to day are made by effectively the board has union people on the board. So the workers don't the workers don't ask for stupid things because they have skin in the game. Yeah. And management don't try to abuse the workers because well they need the workers and it, it actually it works out quite nicely but it's very german it's an extremely german approach to things. It's very Angela Merkel. I think it it all depends on I mean it, it must be that there's good unions and bad unions there's unions that were they take advantage of things. I mean one of the examples I was talking about beforehand was uh I ended up for a very short period of time having three workers who were uh PC repair techs that worked for me and they were in the union and actually no there were five of them. And I remember one of the guys would fix one computer a day. Unless and then very very two very, of the other very, ones very, very broken. No, 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 it was just all like he would go, he'd like vacuum the inside and, you know, he'd do all this stuff. And, and uh, two of the guys were drunk almost all day, every day. And I couldn't do anything about it. I wasn't allowed to provide any feedback on their performance because they were in a union. And that was, that was one of my first experiences with the union where I was like, okay, this is not what they meant when they designed this, that, that yeah. shouldn't be that way, you know? Yeah, that sounds like a power imbalance indeed. And generally speaking, my experience is that when there's a power imbalance on either side, things go horribly wrong for everyone. 
Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't yeah. work out well either way. So I I, I kind of like there to be balance. Oh, I should I should write some sort of movies in a galaxy far, far away about balance. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I, Well, if we left anybody unoffended, we probably took care of it with that discussion. But I, I can see Apple's perspective not wanting to have unions and doing everything to stop it. But it's the thing I'm is, not saying they, there should be or shouldn't be. I'm just saying I can see their point of view. Well, my advice is dig up. Because I don't, I think the the impression I get is that by fighting it with forced anti-union meetings and stuff, I think they're probably making it worse instead of better. So it's like, yeah. it, it, treat it as a symptom and start to proactively reach out and try to meet oh, people yeah. halfway. I just, Absolutely. I, I don't, or even three quarters way would be cheaper for you than, than doing what you're doing right now. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I just feel Apple are doubling down on the wrong strategies. Like your workers are not happy. Talk to them. Take, you know, make it a positive thing. So look, we sh- we're not going to solve it because, uh, you know, we don't get to spend Tim Cook's money, but uh, that, that's certainly <laughs> my feelings on the matter anyway. And I bet it's not all about money. That pay no raise condition. isn't going to help. The yeah. parents will help, but I think conditions play a lot into it too. And not feeling disrespected is actually strangely very important. Yeah, and back to that thing about them searching bags and yeah. not doing it on your your uh, paycheck time. Uh, I, I I almost wonder whether maybe that was when it started. You know, it's been gurgling for a long time because of that. In my opinion, yes. And I think the pandemic made it all worse because it's very hard to put up with. You can put up with a lot when everyone's happy and things are going well. But when you're literally being shouted at for making people wear masks and it's not even your fault and you've mm-hmm. just ended up in the middle of a big political controversy for doing your job, I, I think you'll the little things start to rankle more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More cranky. And then, you know, you end up with disharmony and that's it's not good for anyone. Yeah, hey, on that happy note. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, you know, solved another one. Well, no, I, the thank you for you know for having a, the a, a perspective I don't have to it. So uh, you know, that's as I was saying to you up front. You were like, but Bart, I might not agree with you. And I was like, good. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm just, you know, my experiences are so minor in this. I shouldn't probably have any opinion, but that never stopped me before. So well, I disagree. I think you know, as long as you say I am speaking from a limited experience thing is fine if we were to walk in here and say i'm a union expert while knowing you know having lived experience, <laughs> that would be different so let us move on then i've sort of arranged the story so that we go with all the the more tedious stuff first so uh, third story then is that mm. apple have previewed because it was some sort of disability awareness was it a week or a month it was a disability awareness amount of time um and apple have previewed some of their upcoming features they're going to be releasing to help with their already in my opinion extremely good um supports for people who have all sorts of disabilities um i think one of the coolest ones is door detection where you can have your phone detect that there is a door in front of you and most importantly whether or not it's open that would be handy wouldn't it because i don't like walking into doors uh, quite painful. Well, I think it was, isn't it also going to, if there's any kind of sign on the door, it'll read it to you. Like, will it say ladies room? Or that is the, yeah. So that, there's a picture of a sombrero. So this might be the little boy's room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently being it was cute. a day. I'm just reading May 19th is okay. Global Disability Awareness Day. So there we go. Um, Yeah. So it's it's just nice to see Apple continuing to to put their very advanced technology to these kind of uses, right? Because the amount of machine learning and stuff to do 
something so simple as notice that it's a door, see that it has a sign, to turn that real world information into actionable actionable stuff is a fantastic use of AI. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Every everything they do there, and my uh, my blind friends like to tell me that uh, you should refer to yourself as currently abled. That's not a bad way to look at it, actually. Because because, because if you live long enough, you won't be. If you yeah, if you're lucky enough, you're going to exactly. want the feature to make the text a bit bigger and the sound a bit louder and the contrast a bit more and the animations a bit less and all of those things. And yeah, I wonder if there's anyone who knows about the disability features and doesn't think any of them are useful because there's lots of really cool stuff that is under dis- under disability settings because it seems like as good a place as I need to put them, like the triple tap on the back of your phone to make it do something, that's in there. Um, I think it's under accessibility that you go to permanently show the proxy icons. That's the reason I end up in the dis- in the disability section all the time. Accessibility section, not disability. Yeah, and my brain was like, Bart, you're saying it wrong and the right thing will come to someone. Thank you, Alison. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit like they may have overdone. It's sort of like if they can't think of a good place to put something, they go, well, let's put it in accessibility. Because sometimes you're like, well, why was that one in there? Like you say, the proxy icon, why is that in accessibility? That doesn't make any sense to well, me. Because it involves animations and things. And minimizing animation is actually a very important part of making stuff more accessible. So things that hide and show and come and go are actually quite cumbersome for people with many different disabilities. So yeah, but we all hate it, Apple. We all I agree. hate that. I think. I Wait, think. it was there. Can I get it? It's hidden. No, it's back. It's hidden. So it's back. Yeah, what's that the magic incantation? How do I make this thing appear? I swear it was there. And didn't we go through a whole version of Mac OS where we had no choice? And then it came back yeah, as an yeah, option. Uh, yeah, I think it was in. Uh, it was in Big Sur. Yeah, and we got one... it back in Monterey. Yeah, there was one whole macOS incantation without it, and that made me very cranky. So I'm really happy to have them back so that they're not hiding and showing. Uh, but I know people who, who prefer to minimize animations because they're just impatient. They're just like, I, stop, you know, animating in and out these apps. Just, you know, I hit the button, show me the app, right? Make it, make it straight away. Or people want more contrast. Or I think before we had dark mode, we had people who would turn the contrast right down and stuff like that as well. There were all sorts of reasons. There's a reduced white point that goes along with that one that helps it be darker at night. Yeah. So there's actually people who would read without wanting to interrupt their spouse was a, was another big one. Mm-hmm. Where people would go into the accessibility settings and dial those kind of things down. It's right. Actually, there's a bonus tip. If you've never gone in there and had a look, I would bet there's something in there you're going to find useful. Just Yep. It'll take you four or five days. I mean, even back when when I did the, uh, I don't know if your audience knows about this. I mind mapped all of the settings in iOS 11. It took me, what was it, like two and a half weeks to explore each setting and, and label it and make it part of this mind map. And the single largest section in iOS 11. And what, what are we on now? 15? 15, yeah. 15 in the single single biggest section in uh, iOS 11 was accessibility. So that'll take you a couple of weeks. That'll keep you out of the bars. <laughs> True. As I said, there's, there's lots of cool, useful things. Oh, the magnifier. There's another amazing feature that's come that, that's through accessibility where you can, instead of using the camera to zoom in, you can have the magnifier. You can basically pause the thing you're trying to look at the amount. Actually, I know I'm getting old because I'm having trouble reading uh, nutrition labels on the back of things. And so mm-hmm. now I use the magnifier and then I can read how terrible the chocolate is for me. 
I'm always some eating it, but you know. Yeah, do you ever look at one of those and it goes, you're good to go. Eat a lot of this. Do you know, it's yes is the answer to that. Well, what was it recently? What? There's a new brand Broccoli of doesn't like, have a label. really tasty um, little snack bars. I think they're made on the basis of dates or something, but they're just, they're so creamy and tasty and delicious. And I was like, well, I, when I look at this, I'm going to be disappointed. And I was like, 66 calories for the whole bar. Like, oh wow. God, so... Oh, they come in three flavors. Add to basket, add to basket, add to basket. I can tell you the apple is delicious. The muffin berry. I didn't know that was a type of berry, but okay. Muffin berry it shall be. Delicious. Whatever it is, it's red. <laughs> and uh, a chocolate twist. And it's, it's oh, sorry, cocoa twist. They're delicious. Anyway, You're getting me hungry. I, I just, every time I think of nutrition labels, I think of, I was in the grocery store and they had one of those people with the, uh, you know, cooking some little sample for you of the food store, like mm. what Costco has all the time. And it was uh, those little smoked sausages. And I ate one. It was like, oh my God, that was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. And it, so I got up in line and I'm waiting in line. I'm just kind of bored this before I had an iPhone and I had nothing else to read. So I started reading the nutrition label. I screamed and <laughs> threw it back. It was like, it's like the first ingredient was triglycerides followed by, you know, salt and oil and fat. And there was no nutritional value. So there was no protein. It was, they're terrible for you. Yeah, well, Dang, you good. know, the bliss point, what is it, you know, the bliss point is like a lot of sugar, a lot of salt, a lot of fat. Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> lots of fun, but there's definitely cool stuff in there. So it's nice to see Apple continue to, to push forward accessibility, even though they they lead already, which is great. So, And I, I also like to see so many other companies doing it too. You know, we can go, well, yeah. Apple started it, but that isn't interesting at all. What's interesting is Google is doing this, Microsoft is doing this, everybody's doing it. Because you have awesome. to to keep up with the best-selling smartphone in the world, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And actually, you give me an excuse. I was trying to decide whether or not I was going to include Google's uh, code or whatever the heck they call their conference in the show notes. And I didn't put it in the show notes, but actually, they did something I didn't think was possible in their conference. They showed me a use of AOR where I was like, oh my God, that's actually useful. I want that in a city with accessibility. They demoed a concept for their glasses, which involved not needing a camera. So you would put these glasses on and they have a microphone and they listen to the people you are speaking to and they do a live translation and then they project in your language onto your glasses in your field of view. So you can literally, like in Star Trek, have a universal translator style conversation with someone speaking a different language to you. Okay, so... Why do you need a headset to do that? Why can't it just show you on your phone? Because they're why is AR necessary? Because it means that they're having a face to face conversation. So but you've got a headset on. No, no, but it's it's see through. No, no, it's not. It's not VR. It's AR. It's okay, AR. I suppose. So you don't lose that human contact, right? You can sit down with your grandmother who speaks a different language. You both put on the glasses and you talk to the person. With okay. all of the nuance. And I, I just looked at the demo. And I was like, wow. Like, I, I speak fluent Flemish, so I don't have a disconnect with any of my family. But my youngest brother was born in Ireland. He does not have the same connection with his grandparents as I do because he really struggles with the language. So okay. I could just see the real world applications of that barrier just, falling okay. away. I'm still not convinced you need glasses to do that, but. Well, okay, I was sort of looking at it the other way, going, oh, look, another demo of glasses. I'm about to yawn. I said, oh, oh, my God, it's an AR demo, and I liked it. 
Yeah. All right, I'll give you that one. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Okay. Well, let us end with a bit of nostalgia for main story number four. After many, many moons of being one of Apple's leading products, there is now no longer a product called an iPod available on Apple Store. I would argue the world's best iPod is still in my pocket. It's called the iPhone, but that's an interesting argument. So the iPod Touch has been retired, which means no more iPods. Uh, For me personally, I am one of the many Halo people. My first ever Apple product was a white 60 gigabyte iPod photo. Oh, wow. Which had the color screen, which was its big shiny. Um, and it, it was the old touch. Uh, so it, was, it had the click wheel that wasn't a wheel. It was pure touch. And it opened my eyes to the concept that tech didn't have to be tricky and fiddly. It could be <laughs> intuitive. And uh, your community, I think like, everyone in your community pointed towards the scan of the month where they took a, a CT scanner and shoved three generations of iPod through it. And then just for the icing on the cake, had Tony Fidel explain it all to us the inventor of the iPod. And one of the things that featured heavily in that generation of iPod that I owned was the amount of work they put into the, they didn't call it a taptic engine, but the thing that made the click when they replaced the physical wheel with an entirely touch wheel. It's actually a really big visible thing. It's basically a really big speaker and it's basically a a subwoofer that made it feel clicky. Effectively, that's what was going on. But it was, you know, they wouldn't have had to have done that if they hadn't had the click wheel originally. But because they had the click wheel, then they had to make the other one feel like you were clicking. And they succeeded. It was very, very pleasing and intuitive. Like there there was a genuine. I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised they didn't mention at that point that the newest uh, Apple TV remote is kind of a throwback to that. But it doesn't click. It doesn't. It's take- got a little scrolly. It's a little scrolly wheel thing, but it doesn't really work correctly. So that's probably why. They didn't bring I was going to say, Antonio Fidel had nothing to do with it. Or it probably wouldn't work properly um, because, yeah, <laughs> intuitively you should spin around on your finger, but it, no, it sort of says, well, if you swipe on the top half, it does this, and if you swipe on the bottom half, it does that. So we sort of expected to swipe, 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 swipe. Whereas I immediately went spinny, 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 and it just goes forward, backward, and it's sort- forward, backward. Well, yeah, it goes forward, and if you're doing it on a grid of icons on the Apple TV, it's it's nearly unpredictable what it's going to do. I, I spent bunch of time trying to map out what it was doing and i couldn't figure it out <laughs> no. no my first or not my first boat uh we had the first generation uh, uh ipod for steve because it was a music thing back then but uh i got to see steve jobs speak at MacWorld, and the thing he announced was the uh, ipod shuffle the white one that we had the lanyard and all that and i remember when that when we broke everyone's sprinting to the Apple store around the corner and I got in line and I got my iPod shuffle. That that was a great iPod because of the lanyard. It had lanyard headphones. So you'd throw this thing around your neck and you could put on the headphones. And then when you wanted to talk to somebody, you took them out and let go and they would just hang down by your side, by beside the uh, the iPod. Because I don't know what it is. I'm exactly half or twice the height of headphones because if I take them out and they fall, they're just low enough that I step on them and break them. Well, yeah, I've never seen anything like it since, and it was it was wonderful. It was absolutely a delightful way to uh, to use it. I've still got mine. The, still the perfect, works. The perfect jogging device, because why would you need yep. a screen while you're out jogging, right? You tell it what you want to listen to, you put it on, and off you go. Yep, yep. Uh, much really it was, cool it was at a the great time iPod. by people like me who had their shiny color screens, but 
you know, today's <laughs> me realizes how silly old me was. Um, <laughs> and another reason that the iPod is very precious to, or it has very happy memories for me is that my second Apple device was also from the iPod line. It was the very first iPod touch. And at hmm. that time, the iPhone was a US only thing on one carrier. Oh. So I was literally the only person in my circle of friends who could have a multi-touch display. I still remember the day it arrived because I had a chip to work because we were in work five days a week then. Uh, <laughs> and literally everyone in the office gathered round. And when I slid to unlock, there was this collective gasp. <gasps> we forget how revolutionary that iOS, that first iOS interface was. And that, way, they did not invent multi-touch displays for anybody who's going, well, actually, right now, uh, like I, I want to say it was HP. I want to say it was HP. But uh, anyway, it, the multi-touch displays did exist. Yeah, but what Apple are good at is not, they don't invent the technology, they invent the use. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure it was clear that we didn't think that they invented multi-touch. Because they also didn't invent the music player. They invented nope. a music player that doesn't suck. Yep. Because I, uh, I Bell Labs no... in 1984 invented the uh, multi-touch screen. I had friends who had Nomads and all of these previous devices that were giant big desktop hard drives in a very flimsy case that held very few songs and were really finicky. And I didn't mm. think there was any point to portable music players. But the iPod changed my mind on that completely because it was an actually usable product. Even, you know, even if the first generation still had bubbles in it. Um, Steve had Steve had a uh, tiny little MP3 player that was as small as the the iPod Touch. It held uh, I want to say it was five songs, maybe seven, like half an album, basically. Yeah, enough for a small run if you're not too fit. <laughs> yeah, a thousand songs in your pocket was actually when when Steve Jobs pulled those out of those jeans pockets, and all of a sudden that little pocket had a use apart from cancer causing lighters. Because uh, that was a cigarette pocket, wasn't it? Before it became the iPod I pocket. I don't know what it was for since I never had one. Yeah, I, I believe it was for your Zippo lighter to go in there. Oh, uh, okay. Certainly what teenagers in Ireland use it for. Until the iPod came out and then I found a much more healthy use. So were you, I mean, you're not a music person. So did you have iPods for podcasts or? Yeah, um, I would go through an elaborate procedure to uh, download um the Daily Source Code by uh, Adam Curry, the, the podfather of podcasting. And uh, and actually, I would also download Leo Laporte shows and I would burn those to CDs and put them in my car. And then I had people I would hand them to that we we had a rotation of them. I've still got a couple of those around. Those oh, are wow. pretty funny. Recycling. But uh, yeah, we, yeah, we all shared them. Um, but yeah, I would put podcasts on there. I'm sure at some point I put some music on. I know on the original iPod, I've got uh, music on it. Oh, would you listen to it or was it just through the demo with the people? Oh, look, it plays music here. Oh, I no, I never listened to it. But. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I, I, you know, I, on the one hand, I am sad to see the iPod go. On the other hand, actually, to be honest, the iPod Touch I'm more sad about because it is kind of a great first iPhone for kids because it doesn't have that whole cellular connectivity thing. Yeah. So now I guess uh, a, a first, what is it? The The iPad nothing? Well, that's true, actually. Or the little iPad mini, I guess, is the closest to... Well, the mini's very expensive. That's why I didn't say the mini. A hand-me-down uh, mini. Of... Well, yeah, because the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the mini starts at $499, but the regular iPad is $329. That's actually an amazing price for that product. That it is... is an amazing price, yeah. 
Yeah, it was. It was I think it was last Christmas where they wanted advice on what tablet to buy, and I was like, the iPad, full stop. The iPad, no name. And he was like, yeah. but that must be terrible. To- look at how cheap it is it must be rubbish it's like no it's an amazing device and he was very sceptical bought it and is utterly in love with it oh it's good amazing yeah device. oh it's fantastic okay uh, well I think that brings us to the end of our uh, our four main stories so let's round out with a little quick rundown of some minor stories that made the news wait can I give you one more by all means uh, California is five times the size of Ireland five oh god Nineteen point nine percent the size of the of California. Is that the island of Ireland or the Republic of Ireland? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> Either way, it's it's not going to make it a bigger percentage of California if it's if it's just the Republic. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it definitely. You're, it, that's kind of amazing that your state is definitely bigger than our country, whether it's you know five times or slightly different that order of magnitude. My anyway. city compared to your to your country in population too. Yeah, no wonder you have a long commute. <laughs> yeah, playing a bit crossing the town. Uh, anyway, um, so some quick stories. So lots of shiny new stylishness from Apple. If you're not looking to spend a lot of money but want something nice, Apple have released their Pride bands for the year. Uh, I was going to say I'm sporting mine, but my watch is charging, so my wrists are strangely bare. Uh, but I went with the, they actually have for the first time. A dark coloured pride band, which is very useful to me since I now have a blue Apple Watch. Uh, you sent a photo. It's just gorgeous on that. It really is gorgeous. I call it, I think my darling beloved calls it the goth pride ba- band. But uh, anyway, I love it. It's, it's, it's black with the rainbow colours. It's gorgeous. They also have a white one where they sort of, they drop like a stitch or something to have the word pride in the original Mac font sort of kind of shine through. So I went oh, with the black okay. one. And uh, my darling beloved went with the white one, which is really weird because I'm normally the person who goes with bright things and he's the guy who wears all the dark colours. Um, but anyway, he, I have the black one this time and he has the white one. And it's actually very nice that, that sort of having the word pride sort of subtly come through. So I'm really Let's happy see. with the two pride bands this year. They're both lovely. Uh, and then Beats really are doing this custom design thing a lot. So they have uh, a collaboration with... I can't pronounce it, but it looks really pretty in the show notes. And they also have a collab um, with uh, Daily Paper, which actually is the Beat Studios from Daily Paper are really gorgeous. I don't want a pair of Beat Studios, but they look really nice. If I did, I'd want those ones. Um, And then there's also some open source news. Um, KDE Connect gives Linux connectivity for the iPhone with actually a decent set of features. So if you're a Linux... Wait, what what does that mean? What what is that? You can plug your iPhone into your Linux machine and access things on it. So you can... Oh, which you can't normally because it doesn't show up as a USB interface device. Correct. So there's no iTunes. Like there's iTunes for Windows and there's iTunes for... Well, in the Mac it's now through the Finder, but... Right, it's effectively the old iTunes functionality now in the Finder, but on Linux there was Nout. Well, the open source community have addressed that through KDE Connect, which started off as an Android product, so that's its origins. But they've now expanded that functionality to work with iPhones, and it's a subset because iOS is less open than Android, but it's actually quite a decent subset. So it's actually for open sourcey people. If they're not too turned off by Apple, they can now plug in their iPhones. There was quite a few jokes about people going, you know, the subset of people who use Linux and a Mac must be or an iPhone must be very small, but there's at least enough of them to write this source code eventually. So 
that, that uh, makes me tell the story. I think I've told you a million times, but not your audience. I was at a Gartner conference and Steve Ballmer was uh, the CEO of Microsoft at the time. And someone asked him, uh, is, is Microsoft going to ever write office for Linux? And he gave the most condescending and yet technically correct answer to the question. He said, okay, let me put it to you this way. First of all, the Apple business is a nice business for, for Microsoft. It's a tiny business, but it's a nice little business. He says, the Linux business is even smaller than the Apple business. And it's filled with people who don't want to give us money. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. It was so condescending. And yet you couldn't argue with his point. Right? <laughs> he, he was He was a businessman through and through. I think he was an yeah. idiot in terms of technology, but he, he, you know, he he didn't end up at Microsoft for no reason. It wasn't, you know, he didn't get yeah. there because he was dumb. Because he certainly, well, he's actually quite good at this old basketball thing. Uh, yeah. No, but back to the Linux thing and, yes. and KDE. It it seems to me that I I don't think there's, I don't know. It seems to me that that the the snotty wars are are pretty much over. If you're using Linux, why shouldn't you be allowed to use any phone you wanted? Maybe maybe you prefer Android because you really like tinkering, but maybe you just you prefer the iPhone. Why shouldn't you be allowed to use what you want? Because that's what it's really about, is what you want. I agree Not about entirely. religious wars anymore. I agree entirely, but I listened to Late Night Linux, and that snotty attitude is alive and well in at least one of their regular hosts. <laughs> alive and kicking. With an Irish accent, and he's really quite endearing because he's a cranky Irishman. But... Why does he have a penis bonnet about Apple? Anyway, I feel him. Uh, I doubt he's listening to this. In fact, I'm pretty sure he's not listening to this. But anyway. Um, And in related news, Asahi Linux is the distribution of Linux aimed at the M1 Mac. And that is actually going really well. That's uh, entirely community funded through Patreon. And the the, the guy running that project is doing it as his full-time job. And that is making very impressive progress. And what's interesting is they are getting... Tacit support from Apple. Uh, things like they find a bug, you know, they discover a problem and they start posting about how tricky something is, and all of a sudden the API changes to do exactly Ooh. what they want. And so he's convinced that there are people. He thinks that there is a Linux distro in use within Apple for testing that they're using it as a <laughs> testbed for things. So he he feels that not only are Apple not obstructing his work, but Apple are actually subtly and quietly helping his work, which is fantastic. Huh. So it's an interview on a podcast I love uh, called The Changelog, I think. Ooh, I hope it was The Changelog. No, I'm almost certain. No, it's Floss Weekly, I think. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Alison. I forgot to put the show. I happen to have clicked the link and opened it in Overcast. That's why I know. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's actually a fascinating interview. And... I was not expecting to hear so many, you know, because he was asked the question. So, uh, you know, how are Apple, you know, are they obstructing you or are you fighting a cat and mouse game? And it, was, and it was so great to hear that the answer wasn't, yeah, it's terrible. It was like, no, this is great. This is fantastic. Their bootloader is amazing. They really are supporting multiple operating systems. The only reason there isn't Windows in these things is because Microsoft don't want to. There is no technical reason. So, um, this would run how? In a, in a virtual machine, right? right? No, no, no. Boot. Boot your Mac into Asahi Linux. There is a bootloader for the M1. It's not like an Okay, iPad. the top of my head just blew off. Okay. Yeah. But they... Uh, really? Really. Wow. Yeah. 
you can boot an M1 Mac into this boot. version of Linux. You can do it. It doesn't boot. destroy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You'll resize your partitions to do a dual boot, like like you used to do with Windows. You can do that with Asahi Linux. Now it's it's not it's beta. Well, it's alpha, I believe. Uh, it's not even beta because it's alpha. Uh, they they don't have their graphics is coming on pretty well. The audio drivers are where they're working at the most at the moment, and they have intentionally limited the functionality because they're afraid if a bug in their driver could pop your speakers. Because obviously, <laughs> well, if you think about it, if you don't have proper controls of things and you put, you send too strong of a signal, you could literally blow something up. So he was like, you know, the guy was like, look, we are not opening these drivers up until we are utterly confident they are rock solid. I'm running it. It's not perfect yet. We're not let, making it available until it is, which I thought was the right attitude completely. It's like, we want you to run this and enjoy it, not run this and break your Mac. Oh, I'm signing up for going to do it right now while we're talking, Bart. This looks fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's dead cool. So I, I just really love that we had these two two nice open source stories. Yeah. Doesn't uh, work on the Mac Studio for some reason. I would imagine drivers. It's excluded. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Apple is also expanding the training it's making available. Uh, they are opening up their creative studios in more cities. Uh, we have Nashville and Miami in the United States, Berlin in Germany, Milan in Italy, Taipei in Taiwan, uh, Tokyo in Japan, and Sydney in Australia. And in the United States, Apple are also offering training for IT professionals to help get more Mac people into business, which is definitely hmm. a needed thing, in my opinion. And then I'm going to end on a second last story with my soapbox. My turn to get on a soapbox because I get excruciatingly cranky when people say that while it is true that Apple make use of Apple of Ireland's tax regime, Ireland is not the Cayman Islands. Apple do not have a post office box here. Like this island is not the size of a postage stamp and Apple are actually here. They have a building already which employs thousands of people and has been here since the 80s. And they are opening a new building in Cork for another 1,300 of the people they actually employ here in Ireland. So, yes, Ireland make it very interesting for companies to come here. But Apple are actually here as employers, not just to steal our taxes or to steal I your taxes. I think you should march. I think they should, you should march over there and ask them why they don't have an Apple store in your Darn country. Darn Actually, there was a big news story some quite some time ago now where a guy got really, really cranky with Tim Cook. And so he made a point of walking across the whole country with his iMac to go and give it back to Apple in Cork. And Tim Cook gave him a free iMac. But it made the national really? news. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. I almost think there's got to be some sort of weird legal reason because it's such a glaring omission i mean i was in new york city there were four apple stores and new I york city is new a tiny york little place a bigger population than my whole country maybe uh like no actually actually i don't think so because uh actually no that is another fact i was going to give you oh. you have almost five million people los angeles has four million so you're 20 percent bigger in population than the city i live in and that's really weird because I would have always thought California was densely populated, but of course it's suburbia. Oh, it is, which is the opposite of dense, right? Uh, yeah, it's oh, right, right. It's not tall, so yeah. New York is super tall, uh, and and uh, Los Angeles is real wide. We have a little splotch of tall buildings in the center, and then everything else is like two stories which I believe as far you call as the eye downtown, can see. if memory serves. Downtown, yes. I, I was very disappointed. I was expecting some sort of European style city where a pedestrian can be useful. 
<laughs> I was, well, as a non-driver, I did not find Los Angeles to my taste. Uh, yeah. As a cyclist, well, at, I did at enjoy Venice Beach. At least we don't have any public transportation either. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, taxis. Not cheap taxis either. Yeah. Anyway, Venice Beach was nice. I cycled up and down from Venice Beach to, what's the next big town north of Venice Beach? Where it had big uh, pier well, and like amusements and stuff. Santa, Santa Monica Barbara. Pier. Santa Monica. Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. Yes. I, I cycled up along there, palm trees, sand, blue skies. I loved it. You could have cycled all the way down to where I live. Yeah, I didn't know you then. If you'd... If you'd <laughs> ships passing in the night. Yeah, 2001. <laughs> Shortly after 9-11, I had five. Amazing flight, Dublin to LA direct on a plane full of no people because it was just after 9-11. I had six seats. Oh, wow. Six seats. Four in the middle to sleep on and then two at the window in a 747. It was amazing. Wow. They had the staff with all of the air hostesses because that was a legal requirement. So there was like four passengers and eight person to serve as drinks. (laughs) It was pretty much the ratio (laughs) on the flight. And at one point, she just took a basket of drinks and went, here you go. Help yourselves. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, yes, right. So we were finishing up a show. Uh, We have one more story, which is a reminder that it is WWDC time in just a few days. We're recording this on Friday. And on Monday, Tim Cook is going to stand up and tell us all some cool things in a keynote. In preparation for that, Apple have started to give the winners of their Swift Challenge all of their cool Apple swag. And I forgot to put it in the show notes, but they've also announced the finalists for Apple's Design Awards. So if you want to look at some shiny apps, I always like looking at the finalists because you just know they're good apps. And then you see if one of them is interesting. Um, it's like, I am in search of a problem, but here are some nice solutions. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. I, you know, I've never actually looked at that. I really should. Yeah, it's always it's always nice. And a lot of the times when I, when I see the winners, it's like, yeah, they deserve it. They're nice apps. I sort of feel. It's justification for my taste. It's like an app I like won a prize. Yay. Anyway. I'd like to extend an invitation to Let's Talk Apple uh, listeners. Mm. If you guys are looking for, if anybody listening is looking for a place to hang out with like-minded Apple fanatics, uh, Bart and I are always in the uh, Podfeet chat, which is, it's actually on Discord, but the easiest way to find it is podfeet.com slash chat. And uh, if you just go there, you can join in our Discord and you can uh, chat with people like Bart and me. Yeah, it's always good fun in there. It's always good and fun. Unlike a lot of the other places, it's not where you talk over the keynote. It's just yeah. literally we type to each other while we all enjoy the keynote. And then right. some of I us could complain talk. that I have the ability on. and I don't. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're mostly going, hey, wait, are you ahead of me? Are you behind me? I lost the chat. <laughs> Or, what was the price? What was the price? That's usually the question. Yeah, what that goes by yeah. quickly. It's like, I want, I want. Oh, sugar, how much do I want? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, always good fun in there. Uh, so yeah, that is on Monday evening or morning, I guess, if you're in America. It's evening for me. Anyway, Alison, thank you very much for giving so freely of your time on this Friday afternoon for you, evening for me. Um, yeah, it's almost gin and tonic time. Oh, very good. Well, do you want to let the listeners know where they can find more of your great work? Just in case I have like a listener who doesn't know you. It's conceivable. (laughs) Well, the best place to go is podfeet.com. And uh, every other week you can hear Bart doing security bits on my flagship show called the NoSilicast, named so that you can't possibly find it with a search engine. (laughs) If you can spell it right, you're guaranteed to find the right one. 
there's a trick. It's my name spelled backwards with two L's. So uh, it's a really stupid name, but it's been like going it. for 17 years. So that's what it is. That's it. You're branded now. Not changing. Anyway, I've been your host, Bart Bouchot. You can find me at bartb.ie. And I forgot to plug the fact that I really like people who support this show. So I should do that, shouldn't I? Let's slash talk.ie. There's big blue buttons saying support the show. I want to thank everyone who has ever supported the show in any way. That is financially and simply by spreading the word. It is all extremely helpful. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, I'm just gonna leave it at that really. This is a listener support of the show. I, there are I'm, no a, I'm an, a patron. Yay. So you guys should be too. Yeah. Thank you. And actually, Bar, my, he works my, hard. my aim is, is basically to break even and to be able to pay for, you know, the odd bit of new software and hardware and stuff. And that's pretty much where we are. And there are, you know, I wanted to have a show without sponsors so that I could be entirely free. And because you guys rock, that's what we have here. So thank you very much. Anyway, you can find me at bartb.ie, and until next time, happy computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. You're listening to the G-Man. What? When we squirkled it? Well, yeah, we definitely squirkled that. And as it turns out, that's a real word. It is. I'm nodding my head. Ah! Turn it on and give it a whirl. Now, you know what word I would choose. Yes. Hey, I'm Siri, nodding. squirkle. <laughs> I'm, I'm nodding my head. Blowing up in my face each and every week. Uh. Uh, where you hit the balls up to the top and it ink spurts out and you're supposed to try and get as much of the ink squirted out from these points on the pinball machine. (laughs) 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 I am in such a mood tonight.